0: Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Oh, on a rainy night in Georgia, at least two-thirds of us on a rainy night in Georgia. Me, in Atlanta, beautiful Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, Jason Kirk, in uh, beautiful Kennesaw, uh, currently being uh, blown away, correct? Folks, we got got all sorts
1: of biblical apocalypses happening right now. Power went out about an hour ago. Um, Right now it's just rain, so... Is the power, is the
2: power still out? Are you running this podcast off of a gas generator?
1: Yeah Please. I'm on the CB I' found a friendly trucker and I'm riding with him out to uh, I think he's going to Oklahoma. Good okay. Whatever it takes to get the get the product out. What is the product? This podcast that's the only thing I'm shipping
2: We ship this pod, we ship this podcast nationwide. that's why it takes forever to come out and by the time it gets to you, yeah, it's a little bumped up. It's a little bruised
0: you know what it's you know what we ship this ups man
1: ups i bet it goes worldwide i'm sure somebody in 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 asia has listened once
2: we will one day we will endeavor to do an only international questions podcast that's a really good idea it will be very short
0: that and uh we have hot hot college. oh man this is already getting up to a great start yeah you know i'm take not it, editing it, that out take, right? it from, take it from the top oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take, it, got yeah we'll fix got it in
2: post you. totally
0: uh, i was like yeah come on you keep my ad libs that's good good keep my ad libs
1: yeah
0: uh we, we do have hot college football takes uh delivered in a cool and smooth fashion uh this theme today uh because we we discovered something terrifying all right not only is season one of unsolved mysteries scariest goddamn show to ever appear on tv ever all right there, there's really no dude, i don't know what because unsolved mysteries is like so far in first right like victor, yeah. it's like victor hugo just just poetry novels whatever you want in, in the canon of scary the king is unsolved mysteries forever
1: spencer what unsolved mystery uh genre were you most scared by
0: I was most scared by uh, basically random disappearances or murders. Yeah. Of- yeah, because there were like a few basic categories in Unsolved Mysteries, right? Uh, what what were they? Right, We've got Aliens, right? Aliens. Yeah. Alien,
2: alien, inca- aliens. alien Encounter, yeah.
1: Aliens was the one for me. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, alien cer-
2: Nightmares. Uh, serial Killer, which is not the same as a random murder or disappearance. That's a separate category, right? Which I will say, Serial
0: Killer... Obviously terrifying, mm-hmm. but not particularly haunting, right? It was always like, ah, this guy kills people. It sucks.
2: Yeah, like, and stay it's, it's <laughs> it was, stay it's, away from him. It's sort of like, um, it was sort of like Ebola back in the day, where you're like, oh, Ebola sounds bad. It'll probably never affect me, though.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably not. And if it does, well, man, it'll be quick, and they'll know <laughs> right, my name. Right.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be gruesome, but you know, it's distinctive.
0: I like that. Yeah, uh, they they weren't really the most terrifying part of Unsolved Mysteries, okay? The most terrifying part of Unsolved Mysteries was whenever they had anything remotely, like, missing, have you seen this person? Mm -hmm. Or this person's just assuredly totally dead, like somebody totally killed them. But we'll go through their disappearance and ask you to find them, even though they left with a man named Rupert Axe-Face Jones, right? Who earlier bought a tarp and an axe and some rope that day. Here's a picture of him buying that. We can't find either of them. Yeah, like that's those were the most terrifying. Like, I remember the ones that were were like super terrifying. We're like, yeah, these two stone teenagers probably just fell asleep on a train track. Nope. Ten-minute segment of the most haunting shit you've ever seen. Like, what were they doing on the track? Why were they there?
2: (coughs) Where did they go? But here's the thing: sprinkled in between
0: our trains.
2: (laughs) Sprinkled in between (laughs) aliens and serial killers and unexplained disappearances it would be like randolph james carville is trying to find his birth mother and you'd be like wait hold on like what it's it just it's be like it's pacing. yeah it can't i guess nightmare after nightmare i guess it just it just sort of felt it would be like if you were watching um an episode of hannibal and this week they're just like oh we're just yeah this is just a, a normal bank robbery nah there's it's, no like fucked up nah no, nobody's getting eaten, man. It's just, yeah, we just, here's the ink pack. You can see where it detonated.
0: Yeah. And like, you know, America's Most Wanted, if you grew up on that, it never is haunting. Never is scary because America's Most Wanted was just like, yeah, here's a crime. It's written oh, down oh, in a book. wait. Well, right? hold on. Hold on. But you have to understand that America's
2: Most Wanted, these serve two different parts of your brain. Unsolved oh. Mysteries was meant to prey upon your fear that no matter what you did and no matter how you lived your life, something awful and unspeakable and unsolvable could happen to you. Right. But America's most wanted was more about like, Hey, you know what? Let's go at, let's go find these motherfuckers. Unsolved mysteries was not really about like, Hey, let's, let's see what we can do. I mean, they threw that in as sort of like, if you have any information, like, but they knew nobody knew that shit.
1: Ain't nobody got any information.
2: That's why it's unsolved. All right. So here's my question you are let's let's peel back the journalistic onion a little bit let's say um jason let's say godfrey's going to write a profile of a coach this pre this off season right
1: the coach is an alien <laughs>
2: let's let's say <laughs> let's just pick a coach at let's say it's mark Richt, all right we <laughs> if we know that he's written this profile we know we part of us is going to be rooting for that coach to have a good season because if he does, that means that more people will read the article after the fact and people will sort of regard Godfrey in like a good light. Like, oh, you know, he was on this before other people were, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all well and fine for sports. Here's my question, though. When they produced an episode of Unsolved Mysteries, that meant that the producers had to be hoping for like, I don't know, the month, two months, six months before the thing hit air they had to be like, you know what? It feels bad, but I hope they don't find that guy. That really fuck up this episode if they found out what happened to that lost man. I need him <laughs> to stay missing.
1: It's like the the Bachelor finale when like the couple has to pretend. I've never watched this show, but what I gather is that, and so someone could correct me if i'm wrong but what i gather is that like the couple has to pretend they're still together even though the finale is not for like months after the actual competition or whatever right, right yes so it's like the the missing guy has to pretend to stay missing like they like if they find <laughs> him they have to pay him to stay missing okay sh- i just
2: right, need you to say uh, this straight okay. i'm going to come back with cheese crackers
1: so and- in the end it's the unsolved mystery producers have a well full of people who were previously <laughs> missing
0: Right, and even then, though, you know Hitchcock specialized in the ending that didn't make you feel any better about how anything happened. Right, like it would happen. The common- Grant, the, would, common- Grant we'll,
2: the Commonwealth Cup, as we call it.
0: Right, Cary Grant would rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Uh, you know, Cary Grant would rescue you from the nose of Mount Rushmore, mm-hmm. and everything would be fine, and right. you'd still go. Oh, man, that's right. Everything just sort of feels, still feels wrong. Yeah,
2: Tippi Hedren gets away from the town full of birds, and you're like, huh? Yeah, but
0: right. they're still there, huh? Yeah, oh, that's that's it. You're like, wow, man, Tippi Hedren got loose. You're like, yeah, and nothing explains why birds <laughs> just totally attacked her for two hours. Thanks. <laughs> this did absolutely nothing to reaffirm my belief in life's, like, preciousness, uh, or that I'll ever be safe again. That, that was a, a really, like unsolved mysteries theme because they could make anything seem very unsettling and then even when they told you what happened it wouldn't help anything right nothing nothing helped it robert stack would just read like lists of things that the person did that day that had nothing to do with the crime he went to the uh, the grocery store you're like man that's an evil grocery store
2: update todd robinson was last seen taking a shit in an arby's parking lot
0: yeah. It's like, well, they would I just...
2: guess, you know what? That is new information. I don't know if it does anything for the case,
0: but. It does, because it's <laughs> delivered by Bob Stack, the god of horror. Yeah. I mean, it, would, it, it really wouldn't matter. Like, whatever you were doing, it was just absolutely horrifying, uh, no matter the outcome, right? They would be like, oh, yeah, no, we, we found this man. He was dead in a ravine. He'd been hit in the head with a wrench by this psychotic <laughs> man who is now in jail, and everything worked the way justice is supposed to. And you're like, but where is he? Like, you could never find anyone once they were missing, even if they were like, no, this is exactly where he is. 54 degrees latitude, 38 degrees longitude. That, that's where he is. He's right and there that, right now. Watching and the segment. that
2: is why we eventually all moved to world's scariest police chases, because that we, we that's a thing you know you can either participate in or not. Like, you're either going to run from the cops or not, but it's just not going to suddenly happen without warning. It also, right. like, it has it's perfectly Aristotelian. It has a beginning, a middle, and an end. The middle is yeah. usually, like, jumping over a fence.
0: So in honor of that, uh, you know, and the first, second, and third seasons with Stack. Now, come on. You can watch it with Dennis Farina. It's not the same. Much respect.
2: R.I.P. DF.
0: Yeah. R.I.P. both of them, man. R.I.P. Robert Stack. You know what? That's the thing, though. I would have gone to Robert Stack's funeral and been like, where is he? Where could he be? It'd be like, he's right there. Robert Stack died yesterday, but then where did he go? Like that's you could wow. do that all day. I hope debating Robert people Stack's with that. afterlife. yeah, you know, I would do that, man. I think he deserves that at this point.
2: Hey, how do we know Robert Stack didn't commit some of those crimes?
0: I'm
1: saying I think we walked up right to right up to that conclusion about five <laughs> minutes ago and then backed away from it out of fear that we know too much.
2: If you've seen the ghost of Robert Stack,
0: if you've seen me, <laughs> right? Like, like they never oh did God, that. In Bob e- they an never... missing. <laughs> <laughs> they they never help did me. that in an episode, right? Like the killer of Laura... help me. The killer wore a khaki overcoat. He <laughs> resembled Robert Stack. The he victim had, also resembled had, Robert Stack. He had An wonderful hair. veteran
1: television host <laughs> with a velvety voice and commanding screen presence.
2: Update, you <laughs> may have seen this perpetrator in Airplane.
1: Man, how scared would you be if Robert Stack just looked at you and said, last scene, right now, and
0: disappeared. <laughs> oh,
2: my God. <laughs> All right, so we're going to do... Just explain the stupid
0: concepts, Spencer. Oh, we have so many, we have so many stupid <laughs> concepts. It's awesome. <sighs> uh, the concept of the show is so we just wanted to yeah, tell us, you know, we, we like to explain things. A couple shows ago, we were like, oh, hey, <laughs> here as as men, we like to explain things. <laughs> we do, we do. I like to explain feminism to women. It's great. <laughs> I explain surgery. I explain surgery to medical professionals. It's it's what I do. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to just say, you know. We defended points a couple of weeks ago, right? Just give us a point. We'll give you that. Uh, you, you gave us answers, and we gave you the uh, right questions last week. I wanted to see if this week we could just, you know, give us a mystery, man. Give us a mystery, and, you know, we'll we'll do our best to solve it, okay? Factually, non-factually, no one really cares anymore. We'll solve it for you t- this week, okay? So that's that's the theme. And we actually got some, I think, fairly compelling things. Uh do you want to start with uh, anything that does not, anything newsy? In other words, anything pre mysteried that we have to deal with this week? Uh, Jim Harbaugh works out in khakis. Learned that this week. Mm-hmm. Thanks we to an interview in Gentleman's Quarterly with Clay Skipper. Yeah, he apparently likes having a uniform. So if you wonder why Jim Harbaugh always wears the same clothes, it is literally because he, he thinks, likes having a uniform for everything.
2: He absolutely thinks he's in either the Marvel or the DC universe. I'm gonna say he's more of a DC guy.
1: Definitely oh, DC. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. Definitely silver age DC. Okay. Oh, yeah. Go- like,
2: Godfrey's so mad he's not involved in the conversation. I was just about to
0: say that I don't know if silver or gold is better, but Godfrey would know.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. I and and this is definitely like like when I think about uh, when I think about like, you know, he's a Superman guy, right? Like I think Superman's the lamest comic book hero ever. I would bet you even money Jim Harbaugh loves him.
2: Yeah. Soups. I could also see him being, like, an early Batman guy when Batman was just a rich man with a gun and detective skills. (laughs) Like, there wasn't so much of the gadgets involved.
1: Or before the 80s where they decided to give Batman, like, really ramp up the pain and the goth and emo stuff. Just, like, back when Batman was just, like, Superman who can't fly. Right. But he's rich. I bet coaches like Daredevil,
0: too, because they're like, you know what? Daredevil's not a five-star.
1: Also,
2: Daredevil. also, Batman's always recruiting. That's why he's always. New. That's what you know. You say you say quarterback. He says Robin. You know, it's just hey, it's a four year gig, man. Good
1: luck. I'm gonna guess that coaches most often nag their players with Wolverine because, like, Wolverine shook off injury. Why can't you? That's true. He's still out there playing. He's not he's, over here crying. He, he's not even American. He's Not even from this country. <laughs> He's hundred. He's like one hundred and seventy years old, and he's and, still playing.
2: And that's why hockey is better than football. Please like my sport.
1: <laughs> that's why. That's I feel why like it's, it's the NBA finals right now. <laughs> Someone telling me hockey is
0: actually good. Man, this is great. Have you could, have you tried hockey? <laughs> I mean, I always feel like hockey is basically like you know the PCP fans.
2: All right, so we, so we agree that there's no news, basically. That's where we yeah, landed absolutely. on Man,
1: Well, we're talking hockey, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We got, we got nothing going on. There's a couple of like you know spring practices, a couple spring games coming up, but nothing of serious consequence to the college football world at all. I mean, the continuing implosion of the revenue sports model uh, really doesn't affect college as much because <laughs> we don't pay our players. What's
2: our yeah. first mystery?
0: I kind of want to get to. I kind of want to get to one by our very own Matt Brown. We have two. I will full disclosure. We're probably going to answer two SBN staffer questions, but they were really good. And they gave us a chance to talk about something I think fairly important in both cases. This is from at Matt SBN, aka Matt Brown. Uh, why is Wisconsin good? Hmm. This is this is actually. A really interesting question to me. Because year in and year out Johnson football for about I mean we're coming up on almost thirty years of basically consistent excellence. And I say excellent, I don't mean like great, but like excellent. They've been really good for about thirty years now. No, not get any national no, uh,
2: title. Yeah, you're uh a- You're stretching it a little, but
1: that's fine. I'd say over the last 20 years, we're talking a top 15 program in a state
0: that produces basically no traditional blue chip talent. Correct. Now, for for, for the young'uns, okay, young'uns, this started in about, what, 92? This started with Barry Alvarez. Barry. Barry. Looks like Billy Joel.
2: 93 is the Rose Bowl winning season where they go 10-1-1. And finish number six in the nation.
0: Correct. Well, oh, keep in mind, prior to that, there is a gap, and it is a long gap, going all the way back to yeah. 1962. Yeah. Let me give you the. They have not even made
2: a bowl game since '84, so it's pretty they weird were. to go from no bowl game to hey, you won the Rose Bowl, cool.
0: Yeah, let me give you let me give you what their headers are, and you can hear the entire history of Wisconsin football, <clears throat> the early years. Part two, moderate successes. That goes to 1941. Well. The climb back to dominance. And that goes to 62. And then there is a 36 year. 36 years. 30 or oh, 26 years. I'm sorry. Uh, that's termed limited successes. <laughs> Listen. The, Reader. Know,
2: Jesus has a bunch of missing time too. All right.
0: About 26 years as exactly, a matter of fact. Exactly. Reader. There were not limited
1: successes. <laughs> <laughs> you a, a game a a win over Purdue is
0: is a success. Mm-hmm. Mm. <clears throat> Don't take anything for granted. Uh, I will state this: if if I had to guess why Wisconsin's good, okay, uh, one it's a large state school and a large state school with yes, pretty good academics. Thank you, Big Ten fan. Just bring that up. Oh, you know a Big Ten degree. Yeah, you know. They, they, drop, they drop drawers around the world for that University of Iowa degree. Sorry, I not picking on you, just picked it random. We're picking on Wisconsin. So, why are they still good? Well, a big state school, you can get people in, okay? I'm not saying that your academic standards are, but far from it. I'm just saying that you could get people in at a large state school uh, if the football program and the administration get along well. And it just so happens. That at Wisconsin, they get along pretty well and have for quite a while. Uh, Might help to have an athletic director who's really on board with that. Oh, hey, uh, Jason, who's the athletic director at Wisconsin currently? Part-time interim head coach Barry Alvarez. (laughs) That's correct. Sometimes just comes off the bench, warms up his old coaching arm. Every now and then when they lose a coach to somewhere else, because they've been a little skin flinty and a little tight with the money. That's why they lost uh, Gary Anderson. The well, money either. that they have quite a bit of,
1: top 10 yeah. in, top ten or so in revenue every year, the pack, yeah. they have a large facility that they fill up, good basketball programs brings in some money.
0: Yeah, why, why on earth are they cheap? What are they spending it on? Just questions. Questions we have. Those are mysteries we won't answer. I think you can get people in. I think Wisconsin is really close to several large-ish and large metropolitan areas, i.e. Uh, they can recruit out of Chicago. Like everybody else, they recruit a little bit out of Florida, right? And they can recruit um, from large state, large cities like Minneapolis and Milwaukee. Not huge places, but just enough to get the right kind of talent in there. Also cheese. Cheese just makes large recruits. It does. Mm. Dairy makes them big, they got some big people. And that's the brand of football that's gotten them this far. Large offensive lines, service level quarterbacks. And a running back who can carry the ball somewhere between 20 and 80 times.
2: I think what Wisconsin does is they – appropriately, they kind of just make a stew. So they're not going to get a lot of the prime meat cuts in recruiting. But that's OK. They take like the three stars and the you know occasional four or five that they can get and they make do with them. And then they sprinkle that with a little bit of the Kansas State JUCO thing where they figure out, OK, we can sort of pick off guys who will be talented in that regard. Then you throw in, you know, sort of the Auburn, let's get some talented transfers in here and give them opportunities that they might not have had elsewhere. Thank you, Tom O'Brien. And you mix that all together. And it's all about, you know, the ratios. And it's every stew's different. Every season's different. But that's what I think Wisconsin does well. Is they're not they're not fully in any of these camps. They're like, oh, we're going to go out there and we're going to be the number one recruiting team in the Big Ten. Nah, that's probably not going to happen. But they're also not going to you know, do what Kansas did a couple years ago and just load up on JUCOs and then find that they're totally screwed. It's just a nice, hearty Wisconsin beef stew.
1: So would we say the state of Wisconsin is like super hip and, and up on all the latest
0: trends or probably not? Um, more so than you, more so than you think, but less than I'd like to. I How's think that? I
2: think Madison is probably up there though. Madison's
0: right? probably pretty cool, but it's a large state with many
1: many counties. But I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, if we could say that there are parts of Wisconsin that are maybe 10, 15, 20 or so years behind the times, maybe things that were really cool um, in the 90s still work now. And if we'll recall, we go back to when when Wisconsin started being good. It was, we're going to rip off Nebraska. We're just going to do everything Nebraska does. And Wisconsin has, like, openly talked about this. We're going to take their um, fully developed walk-on program that, you know, they've innovated. And we're just going to steal it. And, like, to this day, Wisconsin walk-ons is a big thing. But, like, it hasn't worked for Nebraska. So I I I guess I'm seeing, like, a time machine kind of situation or something where it's just, like, if once it's cool in Wisconsin once, it's cool forever. I don't know. Man,
0: yeah, which I that's, think is a good that's thing. That's, that's, that, so. that, that's again, that's the, that's the California lesson, right? That's it. If it's cool once, it's cool forever. You got like 50-year-old guys rollerblading out there. Oh, You're man. like, oh, yeah, man. I need to take <laughs> up rollerblading again. And they're like, what do you mean again? We never stopped rollerblading. Thank and you. Really, maybe it's not
1: even that I'm calling Wisconsin lame because like everything 90s is cool right now. So really, Wisconsin is the coolest state there is.
2: Yes, Wisconsin did not get rid of its um, Reebok pumps, and now Wisconsin looks super cool.
1: Man, you, go, you ever go to a concert these days where it's like everyone around you is like 17 and look around like, shit, I never gotten rid of my clothes from high school. Like, damn, I would have fit right in if I actually just never stopped wearing the exact same thing I wore in 10th grade. So, what, my, my eight Jansport
0: backpacks? That's gold I just threw away.
2: So I'm not sad that Shaq went to LSU, but I do wish that there had been a second identical Shaq that went to Wisconsin.
0: <laughs> Mega Shaq.
1: 395 pounds. <laughs>
2: Tundra Shaq. Um, you mentioned California. This is a seamless transition to Matt Ufford's question. Our other, We'll get our colleague questions out of the way quickly. Matt, and primarily an NFL fan, asks, how did Cal recruit slash produce So many quality NFL players without ever being good. Um, For context, we should really emphasize exactly how many players we're talking about. Because Tony Gonzalez, he went to Cal. You already know that Aaron Rodgers didn't start at Cal, but he ends up going through. Marshawn Lynch, he went to Cal. Deshaun Jackson, he went to Cal. Alex Mack, Scott Fajita went to Cal. It's do any do either of you have an answer for this?
1: I have a theory that is basically one word both coming and going Berkeley If you're being recruited to you know and you go on your visit and you go to see Berkeley, you say, "Okay sure this this is pretty good this is pretty nice sure I can do this and then you're there and it's also so very Berkeley um you know your team is seven and four, and that's cool. That's cool too. You know your team is like four and four and six. Ass. Ah, that's, that's that's no big deal. You know, and then you get out and you're you're, you know, you suddenly give a shit again.
0: I think it's this. Um, first of all, the academics at Cal Berkeley, um, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. I know your uncle who forwards a lot of emails has some thoughts. On the kind of education that they would hand out at a Cal Berkeley. It's good that it's good that he hasn't updated his profile of the place since I don't know 1973. Not exactly what it was then, in terms of a who goes there, b what they focus on, c academics. They've gotten even harder. And if you note, a lot of those players got in because under Jeff Tedford, uh, they relaxed academic standards and. That's something that periodically Cal problem with. So, in other words, the opposite of Wisconsin. Sorry, Wisconsin. I'm really picking on you, but I'm not. You're fine. You're just not Cal Berkeley. That's okay. None of us went to Cal Berkeley, right? Neither of you went to Cal that I don't know about. You didn't just like go there.
1: No. Would have n- would not have had a prayer.
2: It would it would really have conflicted with my last year's biggest Stanford fan in the world thing. So
0: mm-hmm. that's true. Additionally, there's this Cal. They've they've had problems with money, serious problems with money, like immense, immense honking problems with money and spending money to be good. And uh, the dirty secret is that, yeah, you, you've got to be pretty good to get a decent college football program going. They can't keep coaches. They don't have the facilities and haven't had the facilities historically to keep up. And And on top of all that. Uh, you're recruiting again against some, I think, difficult company. You can win a lot of those recruiting battles, obviously, they have. Because if you want to know the all-time number of like draft picks, like colleges with most draft picks, and again, this shows the potential at that program. Um, have you looked up the all-time number of draft picks by school?
2: Uh, is this just all forever, forever,
0: forever, ever? I have no idea.
1: Forever, ever. Miami is way up there At least recently USC is really high Obviously Bama's is high very recently Cal is top 10 for sure It, it might be top 5 USC
2: I is going to have a ton too I have
0: 2015 numbers for you Okay So we're missing one year Of, of draft st- stats But as of 2015 Self a max preps post So I'm pretty sure it's mostly accurate uh, Let me give you teams that in the past, we'll just say last twenty years. If I just, I'm going to give you a team and tell me whether Cal produced uh, more or less than they did. Okay, so this
2: is from ninety, like ninety six to two thousand sixteen.
0: Correct, correct. Okay. All right. To drive your point home about Cal turning out a lot of talent without a whole lot to show for it. Okay. Okay. Um, Auburn. Less. I, yes, less. I, I should I should say fewer. Auburn ca- has. Auburn has fewer draft picks than Cal. Is it, clo- is, is it close? Seventy-eight to sixty-four. Okay.
2: Seventy-eight
0: to sixty-four. Okay. Texas. Uh, I believe that's fewer. I
2: I will I will say slightly more, but I think it's close.
0: Texas has seventy-one. <laughs> seventy-one. Okay. Okay. Uh, Michigan.
2: Michigan. Michigan in this time period is going to have more.
0: Fewer. Uh, Michigan has more, but not by much, man. It is an 82-78 margin, which ain't a lot. I'm going to do two more. Two more. <clears throat> Oregon.
2: Fewer. A lot fewer. Definitely fewer.
0: 67. And then... Finally I am going to do Washington. Now don't sleep on Washington. They turned out a lot of talent.
2: Yeah, but talent. yeah, but I think I think if you stretch this back another ten or twenty years, maybe Washington. I, I, I think this is too in the middle of like some down years for
1: I feel like the I, I feel like I'm Bernie Mac in Bad Santa going half.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I think I like it, that. 52. 52. Ooh. So as of 2015, by the way, the top three would be Florida State with 124, Ohio State with 123, and USC with 113. So it's not like Cal hasn't been a top 20 program in terms of talent it puts up into the NFL. It's what it does while it's there that's been so baffling. But not baffling, I think, when you consider money, coaching, and institutional commitment. Remember, you got to have a bunch of lunatics who are absolutely committed to reminding you every single day that the most important thing in life is assembling a crew of uh, student-athletes that you sort of barely pay, uh, feed a lot, have them lift a bunch of weights, and win football games. If you don't have that, uh, you're not Alabama. Because guess who's got that? Alabama. Every day, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, and 366 on leap years.
2: And Florida State.
0: Oh, and Florida State, man talk about state
1: that. and bama do not have a, an, an earthquake canyon below their stadium we we have somehow gotten this far in the conversation although about-
2: although if we convince alabama boosters that that's something recruits want they will build one
1: did you see the uh we had an interview today with joshua moore a uh a, a top defensive back recruit i believe and um <laughs> Bud asked him something about, you know, schools you're into or whatever and he said, I really like that Bama, um, they just don't care about basketball. All they care about is football. I don't want to go to a school where they talk about basketball. <laughs>
2: Which is good so, because he's also being recruited by LSU in Tennessee and I kinda wanna be like, Have you seen those basketball programs at the I mean moment. I
1: think I think he's got a a, def, a very on brand assortment of potential uh basketball potential destinations.
2: Lists. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Just anywhere, <laughs> should, anywhere in the SEC Bruce West. Shouldn't hired Bruce Pearl,
2: Auburn. Showed that you cared.
0: You're fucked up, Auburn. Um, <laughs> uh, next mystery, please.
1: Uh, I got one. I got one. From Dave Lozo, who writes for an outlet. Let's see. It's the... Um,
2: he, he's all over the place. Vice. D- Vice and
1: up Rocks, and the comeback. Dave's, a, ram- Dave's a rambler. Yep. Solve the mystery of the coin system in John Wick, and would paying players with coins be a violation? Now, as I understand, neither of you two has seen uh, any of, <laughs> any of the Wickiverse.
2: Any John's Wick? Yeah, that that definitely puts us in a very small minority of sports Twitter. I feel
0: like. Yeah, neither of us have seen it. And uh, Ryan, what's your excuse? You know mine. I have a child. Correct. You have a child now. Oh, I see. I see, I see what you're doing. I see. Remember. Yes, I have two. So I have I've de- definitely not seen one or two.
2: But you right. you have it. You have children that are old enough that you could lock them in a room with some graham crackers and a bucket. And technically, no, that is child abuse. I bet, you know, oh, I, oh, I got there. Sweet,
0: <laughs> sweet, naive new parent. You'll never be you'll never be further along on the trail of cynicism. Quite like, oh, oh let me put this way. Sweet parent of a girl. Girls who hold up societal standards and and order, and and even when they manage to assassinate or otherwise crush their enemies, do so through the existing structures and strictures of society. No, 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 you don't leave two boys alone in a room with graham crackers and nothing flammable because you will come back and it will be on fire. That's not happening. So neither of us have seen John Wick. We're kind of hopeless in terms of this question without Jason who, I don't know, because he's got, like, a a girl child who's just, like, competent and fine and doesn't, like, I don't know, bite their foes when provoked. Yeah. Um, Tell us about this movie that you got to watch because, you know, your child's so well-behaved.
1: So, as an expert who has seen a movie, um, so, yeah, y'all, I mean, y'all would like these movies. and it's It's kind of a situation where it's like, yeah, you'd like it. Do you need to see it? No, I mean I think you know you'd like it, so why bother watching it? You know, it's sure, like I've already,
0: I already I I already have the pleasure of the judgment. I'm like, yeah, it's good. I can just tell people that.
1: Yeah, it's like someone telling you telling you like, "Oh, the new Radiohead is really good." Wow, like, okay. That's I'm I'm good then. I don't need to watch it. I do I, I don't am need to I, listen to it.
2: Tone-wise, am I roughly accurate that it's like, yeah, you remember how you used to like, you know, Uh, sudden death and old Jean-Claude Van Damme movies that were kind of thin on plot but they just had a lot of ass kicking and explosions and shit and and like JCVD was interesting enough on camera even if sometimes you're like he doesn't know what he's saying
1: yes it is a 2014 whatever 2017 um Steven Seagal movie like the plot of the first one Y'all don't care about
0: spoilers because you're yeah. never going to see it. No, 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 man. I know no. they, they kill us. They kill us. Well, see. This is the great thing about the internet. I know this. I'm going to try to get the whole plot. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll kill, tell you what percent you got. Bad guys kill his dog. Correct. Yep. Well, yep. Here, yep. here.
2: We'll do this like the spelling bee. Jason buzz when he goes off track.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. Okay. So bad guys kill his, his dog, right? Uh, John Wick then spends the rest of the movie. Uh, killing everyone who might have even thought about colluding with bad guys to kill his dog correct that's it that's the plot <laughs> yeah he's yeah
1: that's correct. some sort of he's some sort of former assassin none of his previous career is elaborated on explained um in any there is no exposition beyond he had a dog that was given to him by his lady who his lady is no longer with us and of now neither is dead. the dog so everybody got to die. So he goes to this hotel. It's like an assassin's hotel where all the assassins um, meet stay. Up, meet up for and happy party. hour. There's like, the, there's like a, the, the bar at the assassin hotel looks like a Rick Ross video, um, except with way more shooting. Like there's not a lot of violence in a Rick Ross video. Everyone is just too, too, just too luxurious and lush. For that and, kind of behavior, and slow moving, it's yeah. like a, it's like a, it's like a nightmare of a Rick Ross video. But everything in this hotel is paid for via gold coins that are earned. Eh, it's never really explained, sure. and that's like sometimes you see assassin people giving them to each other for like you know a John Wick. He has like thirteen dead bodies in his house, so he pays these dudes one gold coin to come take all of them and clean his entire house and scrub all the dna um and then you know like the the value of the single coin is just it just seems like it wildly leaps from scene to scene and then in another scene it's like you know you, you a gold coin for like you know a shoe shine or something
2: so, so can like, i can i give you my theory right now out at out the, out the gate yeah yeah Who, whoever wrote these films heard about bitcoin and was like yeah let's do that and then they started filming and somebody was like should we tell him that it's not like an actual physical coin i think he's going to be pretty like he was very particular about getting these for the set i think okay just let him do it man
1: it's fine yeah i mean maybe it is bitcoin and like the value wildly fluctuating from scene like in one scene it's like you could you could get a pistol for a coin and the next scene it's like yeah we'll rid your entire house of all these murdered bodies we'll kill eight presidents for two coins oh shit price of the (laughs) price of the bitcoin (laughs) gone up um so dave's question is how these gold coins that are of like completely indeterminate value could factor into recruiting um And I mean, I I guess we should have gotten a compliance expert on here to explain this. Like, can an object with no... Like, think about the NCAA, how they... You know, okay, a player crashed at an assistant coach's house for two nights. That is worth, and then they spend a week that punching their calculator. That is
2: worth
1: $137. Either 137 or 19 or 541 <laughs> I don't right. know. Were there t-shirts nearby? Hold Did he maybe pick one up? Was like it, was Demarius it a, Thomas definitely wore $312 worth of free t-shirts. Was it like, a
2: pull-out couch? Was it a Murphy bed? Did it have a bathroom en suite?
0: <laughs> I I'm going to say this, that... It would not work in terms of recruiting because it would be an item that could be assumed to have value. Correct? Right? right. Yeah, but how
1: how big of a hit
0: would it be? Because w- if not, you're not, I mean, it's, if it's you're a not, hit, right? We agree on that. It's definitely it, a hit.
1: But I mean, if it's like a dollar or whatever, they'll let you pay that back. Like, you know, if if you're if you're if you're a kid, a rich kid with like rich parents, they'll they'll let you give back a thousand dollars. But, like, if you could argue that this coin only has value when given to another assassin,
2: like to an, an, and in this case, assassin... In this case, to another college football recruit.
1: Yeah, that's true. So what you do, if you're Nick Saban, is you set up an assassin's hotel in Tuscaloosa... Mm-hmm um and hand out these gold coins and then players can go to the assassin's hotel party which did look really baller i'll just continue to stress that until keanu reeves shows up and blows it away and by the way keanu reeves he's one of those tom cruise actors who like when he has like okay the stunt is you're gonna do this like he he literally goes and learns how to do it so like i'm pretty sure at this point tom cruise and keanu reeves could assassinate just about anybody
2: so here's the thing. If Bama actually set up an Assassin's Hotel party for recruits, exactly as you're describing in John Wick, the NCAA, mean, if- the NCAA <laughs> would bust them not for the shoot-em-up, but for serving alcohol to minors. That would be the NCAA's
1: major purview. So that's the one thing we'll take away. We'll have an Assassin's Hotel. Yep.
2: With but a there won't be
1: any booze in the recruits'
0: of the bar.
2: And then you get Cods yep. Game Day brought to you by Assassin's Hotels.
0: All <laughs> proof. Yeah, Assassin's Hotels. We got the nice shampoo. We got the good lotion. <laughs> is that lemon basil? Mm. Um I, I do mean- enjoy by the way. Like I'm probably to see that eventually one day, probably in like a cable kind of watch because uh, nothing is better than a movie where I just say yeah a lot. Right? they are like, okay. So this is like Assassin's Hotel. I'm like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't they be golden? Great. <laughs> like, I just that's that's the kind of movie goer I am. Uh, I I accept things if they sound cool. Oh, there's, that's gu- it. there's I don't, guns I don't, I, in
2: the minibar of the Assassin's Hotel. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think it's the kind of movie where if you're a like Ew, plot holes or whatever kind of person. You'll have a better There really time. aren't any. Oh, because there's, there's not The much guy's plot. mad and he went to the Assassin's Hotel. There's there <laughs> yeah, no room for holes. <laughs> exactly. Like, Find I don't the lie. Even, like,
2: Find the lie. Like, the,
1: the wow. The plot fits
0: in a tweet. Like Yeah, the script <laughs> fits in a tweet. I really don't think there's any sort of, you know, like, there's no realism. Yeah, that's the point. Do you, no think, realism in do you
2: think the original title was John Bomb? And they were like, "Let's let's like de- a, a little s- more subtle, please. Not totally subtle, just a little." John
0: Guns, yeah, <laughs> okay, John guns? Well,
2: well, maybe.
0: What about oh. just John Gun? Can we call it John Gun? What about? Big...
2: What about gun- I don't know. Got to gun- be
0: Guns because he
1: carries more than one gun. gun- and, and you can you can look on YouTube and see Keanu showing off how to triple wield.
2: Can it be Gun wick? No, that's not really. It's not fixing the problem. I'm talking gun- about
0: here. Gun. Thank you, Dave, for asking that insightful question. That you know, where basically I got to just enjoy this movie without ever having seen it. This is this is you're assisting my postmodern consumption lifestyle. I appreciate this.
2: This is why TV and movies are dying. Um, I have I have an interesting mystery from JD Moore at Jordan underscore Dallas on Twitter. TCU and Texas Tech used to play for the Saddle Trophy, which just appears to be a. Based on the news clipping, he included a uh, a saddle that has something on it, but it disappeared after Tech won in 1970. Explain. All right, y'all ready for me to walk you through this?
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I want to I learn a little history.
1: All right,
2: now who is on that 1970 TCU team that lost the saddle? Ray Rhodes. All right?
0: Okay. Ray yeah. Rhodes doesn't
2: stay at TCU though. Ray Rhodes transfers at some point in his career to do either of you know? No. Tulsa. Now his okay. last year at Tulsa, who is one of his teammates? That's right. Dr. What, Dr. Phil? Close. Steve Largent. Mm. Famed wide receiver, Steve Largent. Steve Largent, of course, gets drafted by The Oilers, actually, although they end up trading his rights to the Seattle Seahawks. He has a uh, very successful career there. Who is the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks in 1977, his first year?
1: Mm. Mm.
2: It's Jim Zorn. Where have we last seen Jim Zorn as a head coach? Washington, D.C., that's right. Dan Snyder has this saddle and uses it as a sex object. And I just walked you through exactly how it happened.
1: Wow. So Jim Zorn got it from Steve Largent. Correct. And Who
2: then gave
0: it? it to his old boss. Correct. Mm, damn. That's, yeah, that's fascinating. I uh, That really beats my explanation. Which is? Mm, someone just took it because they needed a saddle. <laughs> It was in the trophy cases, just sitting there. And one day, somebody thought, "Damn, you know, I have one. Could you use Ryan, one." Are,
1: are you trying to say that Dan Snyder looked at something that is sort of a, a, a stereotypical image of the American West and decided to use it as a collectible, just as as just as a just a collection item? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just so unlike him.
2: I know. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> I get, I get your explanation, Spencer, but in the same way that somebody tried to tell me that the, the snotty kid from the beginning of Jurassic Park eventually grows up to be Chris Pratt is the theory. I don't like that theory because it's not mine. My theory being that that kid is Nedry's son, who is also trying to get dinosaur DNA to the other company. He's just sort of going about it in the slow way.
0: Oh, man, that's. I like that. That's fascinating. Thank
2: you. I always like my theory more. It's kind of a me being a dick thing. So,
0: this isn't my idea, therefore I won't like it. I respect that. <laughs> you fuck this idea. Yeah, this is this is great. This is, you know, this is like the this is the yes, we work like the United Nations and we're and I am the United States. What <laughs> if um, the, the that
1: idea they brought you on as a co-sponsor? Uh-huh. Like if they called it like whoever whoever proposed it I don't know um, say it say it say it was Lane Kiffin but yeah. now they'll call it like the Kiffin nanny theory can
2: I can my name go first
1: You're gonna have to take that up with Coach. But okay. I, <laughs> I don't I, Kiffin seems like a come first kind of guy. <laughs>
0: I uh, I would also... Jesus, let's see. I, I never have one... i did
2: had the podcast so early before.
0: <laughs> I know. We can't, though. We have we have at least one more mystery. We got so much shit to solve. Oh, we do. I'm sorry. We do. Keep, keep going. Uh, the, we have the uh, Will Muschamp. This is the Will Muschamp question of the night, which I want to say is a valid one. We're all going to learn. We're all going to... Um, we're all really going to feel our outs here. We're all really just going to kind of stretch a little bit because the question is from at rubber chickens who I believe is the uh, proprietor of the butt rankings right Uh one in the same one in the same and um, in addition to the butt rankings uh, he is a South Carolina fan which is maybe why he's you know such a big fan of the butt rankings Um, the question is this must champ potentially has a good offense No, I just want to stop and pause this, by the way. (laughs) This is Will Muschamp. The same Will Muschamp that was at Florida. Same Will Muschamp that... I mean, yeah, yeah, Jake Bentley had moments last year. They looked really good. And and they actually have some weapons. This is a team that could have a good offense. But I'll read the whole thing without choking. At least I'll try. Muschamp potentially has a good offense. How did this happen? Reader. What I really want to do, I'm saying reader, on a podcast. It's brilliant. Uh, I really want to say that, like, yeah, like, I, I don't know, but I kind of have an idea. Uh, I think he just has absolutely nothing to do with it. Nothing. And he got to pick his offensive coordinator. Only he got to really sort of do that uh, toward the end of his tenure at Florida and ended up picking the guy who's currently working for him, Kurt Roper.
2: Yeah. Remind Kurt- me what that uh, 2014 Florida team did.
0: Hmm. I, I, let's see. That 2014 Florida team. Uh, I'm not familiar. Did they, uh, let's see, they lost to South Carolina, right?
2: They did. They did 20 to 23. Uh, I believe if memory serves, Florida missed two field goals in the end, towards the end of that game. So that was fun. Yes. Um, what else did Florida do that year? Yeah. They beat Tennessee 10 to nine. That's fun. They got doubled up by Alabama on the road they lost florida state a very good florida state team and they hung with them 1924 which let's be honest that's better than any recent florida florida state result and then they went <laughs> to the birmingham bowl a player pooped his pants and the gators won by eight although will must was not the coach for that game um yeah this team went six and five and i remember before this and you're and you're Probably wondering. Wait, that's only eleven games, and you just said they played and won a full game. The Idaho game uh, got postponed due to weather that year, and eventually just didn't happen at all. I believe. I think
0: you're. I think you're underselling that the Idaho right. game you were, was. You op- were at
2: the Idaho game, I think.
0: The no, I, I was supposed to go and did not. The Idaho right. game was postponed uh, and blown off of the map by lightning. That's right. my favorite thing about the Will Muschamp era. A game was actually stopped because God said no. And yeah, I, but the Gators average like 60 yards a play. That's but, well, yeah, no I, 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 no, no.
2: 60 I, I yard, 60 yards of special team play. That's a play. That's a play. Um, what I and I remember before this season that it was somebody in Sports Illustrated. It was probably Andy. Uh, it, but I don't I don't know for sure. Wrote a very what I thought was a very good and convincing piece about how yes, Florida was super beat up the year before when they went 4-8. Um Yes, Jeff Driscoll was sort of trying to figure things out, but finally had an offensive coordinator that was exactly as you're saying what Will Muschamp was looking for. That all the pieces were coming together, and then they come out and in their first game that doesn't get uh destroyed by the weather. They they beat Eastern Michigan sixty five to zero. Do you know what they do in the second game?
0: Um I do, but 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 please they for, dr- for dramatic effect they need triple <laughs>
2: they need triple overtime to beat kentucky
0: on yeah
2: there's a bill bu- there's a bullshit call in there i'll go ahead and give that to you now kentucky because that's all you've had for 30 years but um yeah they beat kentucky 36 30 in overtime with just so many field goals Frankie Velez really was all that there was for Florida this year. So, um, yeah, I, it's almost like I've seen this film before where Will Muschamp comes in and it's all, oh, you know, the guy before me, he did such a shitty job, left me all these garbage crutes. This cupboard's full of s- dead snails. Uh, and And then somehow it just will never click. Somehow. Hard to say why. Surely history is no indicator, but yeah, it's probably going to happen for you. You know what? South Carolina, ten wins this year. Boom! Just said it. Boom!
0: Um, let put me put. Uh, <laughs> let me let me put let me put it this way too. Um, all you're going to get from saying that South Carolina wins ten is that you'll be right, or everybody will just assume that South Carolina South Carolina or that Will must champ Will must champ. You really you're double insured. You might as well be optimistic.
2: What? um... What I remember most about the Kentucky that Kentucky game in particular, at the time I was in South Dakota, writing a story, and earlier that day I had gone to a movie theater to watch Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise film. Uh, Have either of you seen this film?
0: Uh, No, but
1: I have seen the film. I've seen it, and Spencer, it's another one that I'm just going to tell you you would like it. So now you don't have to see it.
2: So I'm going to also spoiler alert for this one. The central premise of Edge of Tomorrow is that Tom Cruise is a total nincompoop dipshit who must die and be revived, I would say, conservatively a hundred times before he is actually capable of anything amounting to military success. And if you think that's a metaphor for the Will Muschamp era, yeah, he's only on death one. So, cool. Cool.
0: It's, so, always, it's always the day after tomorrow when
1: Will Muschamp is your head coach. South Carolina offense, if we go by yards against FBS opponents, yards per play, where would you say they ranked last year? Oh,
0: probably a number that's going to undermine 90, optimism. 94th.
1: <laughs> 94th, Spencer, over or under? Uh, I am going to say over. Okay. Spencer wins. It is one fourteen. <laughs> um
2: that's versus so if you FB- cut you said that, versus FBS opponents
1: versus FBS yeah wow, because wow. they had a really good game against western Carolina okay um if you cut that in half you're still not talking a good offense you're, then you're at that point you're talking an average offense so like if we want to say like will Mus- will Mustchamp could command an average offense okay that's fine you know you got you got a promising quarterback and all that Let's shoot for average. Let's just shoot for average. And then if we look up at week seven and holy shit, South Carolina's just dumping 60 points on folks, then okay, we'll look like dummies. But I, I just really want people to just just hope for mediocre here. You should
2: know yeah. th- the number gets worse if you just make it conference games.
0: So I will also state that, that their schedule, when you look at it, I mean, it's pretty manageable. Their road games are Mizzou, Texas A&M, and... Uh, Georgia and Tennessee. So I'm going to revise that. That's okay. That that to me is Midland Midland to Tough right there. Because at Tennessee and at Georgia, they're your big games uh, and uh, not easy environments. And two teams that, uh, okay, one team that really should be pretty good, (laughs) and the other one's Tennessee.
2: (laughs) Here's the thing. It might not matter. The Tennessee game might not matter because – Three weeks before that, they might lose the Louisiana Tech at home.
0: Entirely possible. Shit, they might lose to <laughs> NC State.
2: Yeah, but mm. at least at least that's in an NFL stadium.
0: So Dave, Dave Doran, another another year where Dave Doran is how close is Dave Doran to completing the Dave Doran project? We'll never know. We'll never know how many years it takes to complete the Dave Doran project. We have one more mystery. We I feel like we have one.
2: I don't have one, but I trust that one of you does.
0: I do. I have one more, uh, and it is a a s- historical one, which is uh, kind of relevant to the present, actually. Um, that would be why this is from at Mark the Nomad. If you don't follow at Mark Nomad, he is the guy who has a tattoo of Jim Harbaugh from Saved by the Bell on his leg that he got when he was really drunk. I'm not. It was a bet, and he followed through on it. Man, who, really would, make, who would
2: make a Michigan Tattoo-related bet? That's stupid.
0: It's absolute. Who would do that sober, is what I ask you. And who would do that... Although, I will say Mark's. I mean, both of ours are uh, unique. Mark's is done in this, like, kind of stylized, like, 80s, like... It like. It looks arduo. like a Trapper Keeper.
2: I was going to say, it looks like a LucasArts game. Like, you're playing Sam and Max or some shit.
0: It's pretty. It's pretty incredible. Um, he did a fantastic job on it. So uh, I will go ahead and and ask his question. Did the two? Why did the two thousand four Auburn team get left out of the BCS title game? If you're an Auburn fan listening to this, I'm very sorry about the micro stroke that I just gave you for the memory of being excluded from this. If you'll recall. 2004 was a very unusual year in terms of how things worked out because eventually what you get is a 13-0 and Auburn team not making the BCS title game. Not making it at all, which is, again, on paper, insane until you get to how this all shook out, which uh, this is, I think, a fundamental, like, plot point in the developing story of the SEC doesn't schedule nobody out of conference because because for a while they didn't and in this case uh, what you end up with is you end up with the one game what's the one game you two can probably just name it off the top of your head without looking where you go the one game everybody just kept saying over and over again that got like object permanence in everyone's head the one that absolutely hamstrung them from ever being considered a serious contender for the national title game just because they played it early in the season when everybody could watch on September
1: 25th. Oh, that'd be the Citadel.
0: Correct. They played the Citadel. And when they played the Citadel, a, a win, by the way, congratulations. You had Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown, and you beat the Citadel 33-3. to Not even really caring about style points, because 33-3 to on Citadel was like, pfft. You could line it up way worse than that. Uh, that with that that game, when people got down to the fantastic, oh man, no, 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 you really gotta like completely consider like the resume. Well, that's how you get Oklahoma and USC in the title game. All right, which um, by the way, how did that go? if we recall, instead of Auburn Auburn, the SEC champions, thirteen and uh, with the magnificent Jason Campbell at quarterback end up uh, undefeated on the year. And uh, playing not in the BCS title game, you get the 2004 game, which was USC versus Oklahoma. can you name the the the, high, the like top score the, the final score off that well, according to the NCAA
1: um, the score was um, nothing to no, nineteen no set. A,
0: a win a win by nobody yes they had it was fifty five nineteen Hey, and and seriously like as as bad and as kicking as you will see uh, prior to like the Nick Saban era in a national title game, like it was it was ugly. I mean, it was pretty if you like watching if you like watching downs. It was it was something to behold. It was Oklahoma just dying on every single play, and it got worse and worse and worse. And it was Pete Carroll, so um, th- th- he didn't really let up. That kind of wasn't how Pete worked at all. So. This is why they didn't make it was the Citadel. That was it when it came to when it came to factoring that in, because neither uh, I checked both of their schedules just for science. Neither of them played the Citadel either. And this nope. led to like, no,
1: <laughs> You imagine if the Citadel played the top three teams in the country.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love this, too. Because it's like this picks on like all of Southerners, like insecurities all at once. Right. Because it points to like the weak resume. Right, like, let me see where you got all them A's. What's this shop class, public school <laughs> shop class? You got an A? I don't think so, son. That ain't going to get you into Swarthmore.
2: Do you Bye. know? Do you know who Oklahoma played out of conference that year?
0: Uh, I have a few hints, okay. and they're, they're they're not out of conference. Oklahoma ended up playing Bowling Green, correct? A
2: Bowling Green uh, team that finished nine and three, so res- a respectable say- team, a good team.
0: This so is that post-post urban Meyer kind of wave that they had, mm-hmm, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, uh, they ended up playing Houston. Yes, uh,
2: this was Art Briles' second year at Houston. This team was three and eight. So
0: yeah, yeah. So Bud, an FBS team, a Division One team. Uh huh. A lot and of it, scholarships. So many yeah. scholarships. But but uh, there is there
2: is a Power Five team on here. A mighty impressive. <laughs> pa- no um they played oregon they beat oregon do you know who else beat oregon at that point in the season indiana so
0: uh-huh and uh a mighty baylor team hey baylor was good yeah yeah that's ba- baylor no this wasn't this was guy morris this is when this is when baylor was worse than bad wait, this is wait, when baylor, baylor was, was
2: in the big 12
0: were yeah. they were they? Have they Jeez. ever been in a Big Twelve? Ryan
2: can you prove that? <laughs> you guys oh my god, you guys have been paid off by the Big Twelve to say that Baylor was never in the conference in the first Baylor place. Baylor is never Baylor this isn't the Big 12's problem. Oh my god. I'm ghost being I'm Pitt. being gaslighted by my own
0: co hosts. <laughs> the ghost the ghost of Ann Richards is sitting next to me on the couch with a knife just waiting for me.
2: Baylor football's been dead for thirty years. Yeah, way
0: easier than <laughs> way easier than talking about it now isn't it wouldn't that be nice